Alright, what's going on everybody? And welcome into yet another edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. And it occurred to me that while I was preparing for the show this week, and unfortunately I did not get to talk about this on yesterday's show, obviously, because it was, in fact, Titans Tuesday, aye, 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 but not only was there plenty of NFL stuff going on this past weekend and going into this coming weekend as far as the NFL preseason is concerned. There was also some big college football news that came out this week. And no, I'm not talking about, and this this is going back to, of course, his time in college and prior to getting to college. No, I'm not talking about the whole Michael Orr conservatorship slash adoption situation and how the movie The Blind Side was basically based on a lie, essentially, if you pay attention to the law, to the lawsuit that's going on and arguably the fact that Sandra Bullock should return her Oscar for her role in that movie, as I've seen on in plenty of jokes on social media over the course of the last few days or so. No, that is not the college football news that I'm talking about. Uh, the AP poll recently came out on Monday, the first AP poll of the season, the preseason AP top 25 in college football. And so that is what I'm going to be discussing today. I'm sort of going to be giving a brief rundown of the rankings for those of you who may have missed it. I'm going to be, I guess, focusing on the Tennessee Vols as much as I can, because I know a lot of you Vols fans out there are pretty PO'd about the fact that, well, Tennessee beat three three or four of the teams in the top ten. Why the heck are, why the heck are the Vols not in the top ten, Paul? And to some extent, I kind of agree with that frustration and understand that frustration, me being a Tennessee Vols fan and whatnot, but I don't, I can sort of see the logic behind the AP deciding to put Tennessee where they put them. Some of the other teams that are in the top 10, in no particular order, not so much, but I'll get to those 
a little bit more in detail momentarily. But let me run down this preseason top 25 poll very quickly for you guys. And then I'll share what my thoughts are on specific teams in the rankings on the back end of that. And so Georgia comes in at number one. Uh, Number two is Michigan. Number three is Ohio State. Number four is Alabama. As my my good friend from ESPN, uh, Stephen A. Smith, likes to refer to them as not not just Alabama, but you've got to put that that emphasis on it. Alabama comes in at number four. LSU comes in at number five. The defending SEC West division champions come in at number five. The USC Trojans come in at number six. Uh, Penn State, number seven. Florida State at number eight. I have some very serious question marks about that, which I'll get to a little bit more in detail in a moment. Uh, Clemson comes in at number nine, and Washington rounds out the top ten at number 10. So that's the top 10. Let's see, 11 through 20. Number 11 is Texas, coming in at number 11. Number 12 is, of course, as we all know, the the real UT, the University of Tennessee, the Vols, coming in at number 12 and and I, I have to I have to sigh and take a pause before I get to number 13 because really the the only thing that surprises me about this is that they somehow did not find a way to get slotted into the top 10 that is of course the Notre Dame Fighting Irish coming in at number 13 in the preseason AP Top 25 poll. Uh, the, the Utah Utes slide in at number 14, the defending Pac-12 champions. The Oregon Ducks are right behind them at 15, Uh, K-State, Kansas State, the defending Big 12 champions, come in at number 16. Texas Christian, the the Horned Frogs, or as I've often referred to them, often referred to them in the past, the, the Horned Frauds, based on last year's performance in the college football playoff national championship game. 
uh, they come in at number 17. Number 18 is Oregon State. Uh, The Wisconsin Badgers come in at 19, and the Oklahoma Sooners, Boomer Sooner, comes in at number 20. And rounding out the top 25, uh, number 21 is North Carolina. Number 22 are the Rebels of Ole Miss. Number 23, and a bit of a surprise, are the fight, fighting, uh, fighting, fighting, what, whatever, whatever nickname they go by, the, uh, the fighting Texas Aggies of Texas A&M. Uh, number 24 belongs to the Green Wave of Tulane, the defending Cotton Bowl champions. And rounding out the top 25 are the Iowa Hawkeyes out of the Big Ten. And hopefully with their new quarterback, Cade McNamara, coming in after transferring from the University of Michigan, that Iowa can score at least on average a little bit more than the 14 to 17 points per game that they were averaging last season or something like that. Their, their Iowa's offense was absolutely terrible last season, but hopefully Cade McNamara can remedy those issues for their sake. But just to recap the top 25 before I get into my commentary. Uh, Georgia, number one. Michigan, number two. Ohio State, number three. Bama at four. LSU at number five. Number six, USC. Number seven, Penn State. Number eight, Florida State, number nine, Clemson, number 10, Washington, number 11, Texas, number 12, Tennessee, number 13, Notre Dame. Sorry, I just can't believe, can't believe they didn't find a way to get into the top 10 anyway. Number 14, Utah, number, fi- number 15, Oregon. Number 16, Kansas State. Number 17, TCU. Number 18, Oregon State. Number 19, Wisconsin. Number 20, Oklahoma. Number 21, North Carolina. Number 22, Ole Miss. Number 23, Texas A&M. Number 24, Tulane, and rounding out the top 25 is the University of Iowa. Now, what do I have to say about all of this, you might ask? Well, let's start at the top with the 
Georgia Bulldogs who found, who now find themselves ranked pre- as the preseason number one for, I believe, the stat that I saw was just the second time in school history that this has happened at the University of Georgia. And for as much as it pains me to say this, for this comes with very good reason because they are, of course, the back-to-back national championship winners. They've won back-to-back natties. And certainly, despite losing a quarterback like a Stetson Bennett and losing essentially all of the ma- all of your major pieces on defense and our- ironically a lot of them got drafted by the same team the Philadelphia Eagles which is what and this has been a trend over the last few seasons with the Eagles as far as drafting Georgia Bulldog defenders goes. It's one of the main reasons why I've referred to the Eagles on this show in the past as the Philadelphia Bulldogs because of how much time their scouts apparently spend or must spend in the greater Athens, Georgia area. But very well-deserved preseason positioning for Georgia, I guess. Kirby Smart certainly has the arrow pointed up in Athens in a lot of ways. So that's all that really needs to be said about Georgia. Number two and three you'll notice are the are two of the top teams in the Big Ten, Michigan and Ohio State. And this is a situation where you could see those two teams sort of flip-flop over the course of the season. And I do not have really anybody's schedule in front of me right now, especially Michigan's or Ohio State's, I will definitely be looking into those in much greater detail in the coming days and weeks. But depending on how each season plays out for the Buckeyes and the Wolverines, they could very well both be undefeated by the time that last regular season matchup rolls around between Michigan and Ohio State. It's obviously one of the biggest rivalries in college football. Certainly, that has been backed up. But, well, I guess it really hasn't been that much of a rivalry over the last couple of years, frankly, just based on the way Michigan has boat raced Ohio State over the past 
two seasons, but maybe Ohio State can get, get a little bit of that bad taste out of their mouth this year and get some revenge. Who knows? But I would not be surprised if over the course of the season, as the polls change, we see Michigan at two and Ohio State at three one week. And then the next week, we see Ohio State at two and Michigan at number three. That's just the nature of how competitive those two teams are. But going to be some very interesting football that will definitely be played down the stretch in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Bama and LSU at four and five. What can I say about this? I guess that you could see those two teams flip-flop over the course of the season as well. I know that they play, they being Bama and LSU, both play on against each other on November the 4th, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And so if that could be an interesting situation to watch as well, much like with Ohio State and Michigan in the Big Ten, we could see the same situation play out with Bama and LSU in the SEC. The one thing I'll say about the USC Trojans coming in at number six is honestly, based on there being various uncertainties, shall we say, about Alabama and USC, of course, returning the Heisman, the reigning and defending Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams. I can see the reasoning behind making the argument, and I would probably be inclined to make this argument as well, that you could probably get away with putting USC at number four, in my opinion. And I guess in that scenario, I would probably slide Bama in at number five and LSU at number six. That's just one scenario that I have. But while I'm not that surprised to see USC in the top 10, at the same time, I could also make the argument that they should maybe be top five in the preseason poll. I know that it is just the preseason poll, but having said that, there's plenty of red meat that needs to be addressed and plenty of low-hanging fruit, if you will, to stay with the food analogies that could be addressed.
in this particular preseason top 25 poll. Here's where the major question marks for the top 10 come into play for me. Because you've got Florida State at number 8 and Clemson at number 9. And this is what... And for those of you Tennessee Vols fans that may be listening or watching to the listening to or watching the broadcast of the Jim Bratton podcast right now, I should say, this is where you will want to tune in. Because I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna start with Clemson. Because you may have noticed as I've been saying here that Clemson is at number nine, Tennessee is at number 12. And of course, the argument is Paul, how can you put Clemson at number nine and Tennessee at number 12 when Tennessee beat Clemson in the dadgum orange bowl, Paul? How can you do that? How can you do that? And the question, coming back to my regular voice here, as opposed to my fellas voice, the legendary caller from the Paul Feinbaum radio show, and RIP to fellas, just by the way, uh, the question that I have is how can you do that? How can you put Clemson ahead of Tennessee? And I guess, I guess it makes some sense. And I've got to go on a little bit of a sidebar very quickly about Tennessee. I guess the reason why Tennessee is ranked at 12 is because Hendon is no longer there. Hendon Hooker, of course, is no longer the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the Tennessee Vols. That role, of course, belongs to Joe Milton III. But main major point I'm trying to make here is it's a different team. It's a different team. For Tennessee and for Clemson, essentially, on the other hand, because Clemson, I guess, has a incumbent starter playing for them in Cade Klubnik. And so, while I would probably put Tennessee a little bit ahead of Clemson in the rankings, and yeah, and yes, I know that I am pretty biased in this situation, but even with that being said, I can see why the AP voters would put Clemson where they put Clemson at number nine. I, I do not see the reasoning behind putting Florida State at number eight, however. Putting Florida State in the top ten. And 
I understand how good Jordan Travis can be. I understand that he is a maybe not maybe not even a dark horse Heisman Trophy candidate at this point, but I mean Florida State they definitely had their moments last year and you can definitely see the upside to the Seminoles this year and yes I'm also well aware that they opened the season playing against number five LSU in Orlando I believe and so this will probably all go away after week one of the season but having said that right now I just don't think that putting the Florida State Seminoles at number eight makes a whole lot of sense as of right now. Much like how I don't think putting the Washington Huskies at number 10 makes a whole lot of sense right now. And Washington, I think, is pretty much in the same boat as Florida State, where the AP voters are just banking on the potential success of the star quarterback that is playing on their team. Washington's, of course, being Michael Penix Jr., who did, yes, show some very nice things last season, but same time, it's not like Washington was anywhere near the Pac-12 championship game. And they, of course, had their, they, of course, made their fair share of mistakes as well, much like Florida State did. But the main trend that I guess the AP voters are going with is upside, which I'll get to a little bit more in detail at the end of the show, just as far as what my commentary is, but upside, you will notice, is the major theme in this preseason poll. Uh, Let's see, Texas at 11, I... For, and for those of you who are wondering, is Texas back? Oh, we, we will see. We will have to wait and see if they are or not. Certainly, there's a lot to like about the Longhorns this year. But are they back? Are they back yet? Uh, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. I've I've already talked about the Vols. A little bit more in detail a little bit earlier and I guess I guess when I put my mind or I guess when I put myself in the minds of AP voters as I just mentioned before that 12 is about right in my objective opinion, unlike my 
biased opinion, which I sort of unloaded on a little bit earlier when I said I'd put them ahead of Clemson. Part of me still probably would put them ahead of Clemson, but, you know, it's a new team, it's a new year, and my apologies to uh, Vol Twitter. I know a lot of you can, I know some of you can tend to be a little bit unhinged at times, but 12 is about right for the Tennessee Vols in my objective opinion. Uh, Number 13, Notre Dame. Here we go again. Here we we go again with Notre Dame. And I've got to air some grievances about Notre Dame because I don't know how it is possible for a team that lost to Marshall at home last year. Notre Dame got beat by Marshall at home in South Bend, Indiana with with tu- with touchdown Jesus in the background and all of the hoopla associated with the University of Notre Dame's football program and football team, they lose to Marshall at home last year and somehow find themselves ranked at number 13. I'm surprised they're not ranked in the top 10, to be honest. I'm surprised that they did not find a way The AP voters did not find a way to put Notre Dame in the top ten. It really really makes me sick. It really does. It really does. Because for for the life of me, I cannot seem to figure out how a team can go, can finish seven and five, Six and six, eight and four, if maybe even nine and three, if certain things go their way over the course of the season, they get they get a good bounce or what have you. Team has has a average middle of the road season one year and find find a way to be ranked in the top 10 or, or top 13 the, the next year. For the life of me, I have never been able to figure out this, the answer to this problem with Notre Dame. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And, ah, they just, it, it, it fr- it frustrates me, guys. It really does. And I just can cannot cannot seem to put into words my my frustration with the fighting Irish every year. But anyway, I I digress. 
so that's the top 13 on the preseason AP poll. Let me just jump around to some of the other headlines on teams 14 through 25 very quickly before I wrap up today's show. Let's see, TCU at 17. I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that they're ranked, that the Horned Frauds are ranked. Although I do, I do think that TCU is, do I think, I'll put it this way, do, do I think that last year was a bit of a fluke for them? Yes, I absolutely do. Exhibit A was the fact that they were boat raced in the college football playoff national championship game by the Georgia Georgia Bulldogs, excuse me, just got absolutely destroyed. Did the TCU horned frogs or frauds, depending on what you want to call them, but do I think that last year was a fluke for TCU? Yes, I absolutely do think that last year was a fluke, and I think that that will be proven to be correct this year. But I can understand the AP voters still wanting to put them in the top 25 to begin the season. Uh, or Oregon State, I can understand, on the other hand, why they would be put in the top 25 because there's a lot of things to like about the the Beavers going into this year. Obviously, they finished the year strong in 2022, and they also have a new starting quarterback coming in in DJ Uyagalale after he came over in the transfer portal from Clemson. And so, certainly a lot to like about Oregon State. Uh, let's, let's see here. I guess the last th- team I'll, I'll touch on today would be Texas A&M because there's certainly lots of... I mean, they've, they've set off a lot of fireworks this offseason, at least in terms of building their coaching staff with Jimbo Fisher bringing in Bobby Petrino to be, to be his offensive coordinator. There's certainly a lot of headaches that go along with Bobby Petrino. And here's what, what I will say about Texas A&M this season. It's either, it's either going to be really good or it's either going to be... How shall I put this? It's going to be either really good or really bad for the Aggies 
this season, and there's not going to be that much room in between. This is sort of a make-or-break year for Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. I, th- I think that he understands that. I think that is why he made such a ballsy move to bring in Bob, a guy like Bobby Petrino to be the offensive coordinator. I think he realizes that the writing that the writing could be on the wall as far as his career at Texas A&M is concerned. But we will see how it goes for A&M. I think it's either going to be really good or really bad and not much wiggle room in between. Now, what now what is my biggest takeaway from this AP poll? I think really the and this has been sort of a running theme that you might have noticed as I've been breaking down these rankings. I think that this is based more on what the AP would like to see as opposed to what we do end up seeing. And of course, money could be, could play a role in some of these rankings to some degree because I mentioned the LSU-Florida State game in week one. Top 10 matchup. Do you you not think there's going to be a lot of money involved in that game as far as, definitely as far as Vegas is concerned more than anything? I do. I, I think that's the case. But as far as what, what my overall opinion on this poll is, there's definitely some some hit or miss to type situations, but the one thing I will say is that as the season winds down, we w- the one thing that we will all realize and remember is that the AP poll will essentially be rendered meaningless because the AP poll is not the final poll that we end up going by. That is, of course, the the CFP poll as it relates to the college football playoff. And it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what those rankings look like in mid-November, early November, or whenever the rankings come out for the CFP. I can't remember exactly, but I believe that it is somewhere in that time frame. But this is just one of the one of the fun things that we all have to look forward to as college football fans this season. But the one thing that I guess I should say for for the Facebook Live audience that can actually comment 
on this stuff more so than the Spotify audience of the Jim Bratton podcast. Uh, the question that I would ask to you is, do you think the balls are ranked too high, too low, or just right? If you have any comments or concerns about Tennessee, feel free to vent those concerns to me in the comment section. I very much look forward to reading what those responses are. But with all of that being said, I have got to go ahead and hop on out of here for today. I want to thank you all so much for watching and listening to this edition of the Jim Bratton Podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you guys soon.